It was a living nightmare. They stole my childhood. Reports of the sexually explicit videotape of Paris and her former boyfriend, Rick Solomon. You had a caricature of yourself. He's cute. <laughs> we should have a threesome with him. <laughs> with the high voice and the rich, spoiled brat persona, was that really you? No, that was a trauma response. And kind of created this almost Barbie doll fantasy life. What type of abuse do you remember? Throwing us against walls, strangling, hitting. Imagine if it was your child who was suffering abuse. Wouldn't you do everything in your power to protect them? I feel that my narrative and story for the past two decades has been told by media. It's a chance for me to take back my own narrative and tell the truth. I've never talked about this out loud with anyone in an interview, so it's weird to talk about. You might think you know Paris Hilton. I just felt that the whole world saw me as the sex symbol, but inside I didn't feel that way at all. Paris, Paris, Paris! I'm very shy. No one would guess that about you. No one would guess that, no. Yeah. But I'm extremely, extremely shy. Behind the glittery backdrop of the paparazzi princess, that's it, that's it, after him, no more. She says, was the real Paris. You had a full persona. It was almost like you were hiding in plain sight. I created this character inside of this place because I just wanted to be someone else. As our society re examines the treatment of young women living in the limelight, the pop culture icon now revealing what was really going on behind the glossy image. One more. So Paris, did you hit Lindsay? Yeah, take it. Yeah. We were just young girls going out, basically what everyone was doing, except we were living under a magnifying glass. You were photographed a million times, and yet behind the sunglasses, you had a caricature of yourself with the high voice and the, you know, rich, spoiled brat persona. Was that really you? No, that was a trauma response and kind of created this almost Barbie doll fantasy life. And the unspeakable abuse and anguish that she says she endured at so-called emotional growth schools, but that made her who she is today. It was just a living nightmare. They stole my childhood. People are profiting off the abuse of children. This is not right. It's so wrong. How were you able to literally hold on? It's a form of survival to get through it. The Paris sitting here today is flipping her narrative on its head. In what ways do you now feel like you own your story? And why is it so important for you to tell it? I feel... I feel like I own my story because I've lived this very full life and been through hell and back. That's what I'm most proud of. 
But she didn't just survive, she thrived and cemented herself as the it girl of the early aughts. You look great, Paris. The original influencer. Do you feel like you had a part in the invention of the selfie? I think just this whole kind of influencer culture. I was doing this before there was social media. It's hard to overstate Paris Hilton's impact on the fashion industry in the early 2000s. I don't know if we would have ever seen a matching juicy tracksuit if it weren't for her. I don't know if we would have seen a Von Dutch trucker hat. She certainly is responsible for making a tiny dog an accessory and more than a pet. And we all remember those crystal encrusted phones. Mocked is famous for being famous. Her face all over TV screens, even in Carl's Jr. ads. Everyone thinks Nicole and I are these two girls who've never worked a day in their life. She starred in the reality show The Simple Life. He's cute. <laughs> we should have a threesome with him. <laughs> That's hot. When does the baby doll voice come out? When I'm shy or <laughs> I feel awkward or if I'm just playing character for work. Hey. Tinkerbell. Oh. I'm Albert. Hey, Albert. Paris. Paris Hilton is making an appearance at the mall. A character the world came both to love and love to hate. What does she do? She's a hawk. Even South Park poked fun at Paris. The sexually explicit videotape of Paris and her former boyfriend, Rick Solomon. When the infamous sex tape was released, the socialite became a global spectacle. Is it hard to get into the Paris Hilton? <laughs> she even appeared on SNL. Actually, it's a very exclusive hotel, no matter what you've heard. Paris really became a punching bag, certainly for late night TV. She was always the butt of the joke. Yet she's proven the haters wrong. More than two decades later, her name is inescapable. Her influence is undeniable. We love you, Though she says it all comes from a painful place. Now, in her self-titled memoir, she's finally telling her complete story. You said this is like taking a sledgehammer to the wall of silence and shame. I think this whole book is about that. It's been extremely healing, obviously extremely traumatizing as well, because I think when you go through trauma in life, you don't want to remember it. Born to the Hilton Empire, Paris grew up in a high society family with even higher expectations. You come from this storied family and living up to that. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure growing up with this last name and having to, you know, portray a certain image. Paris spoke about that family image she had to uphold in her 2020 documentary, This Is Paris. My mom just wanted my sister and I to be like these little princesses. I went to Catholic school for most of my childhood. My mom always taught me to be very proper, private, and to always portray that everything's perfect. Paris says school didn't come easy for her and that she had ADHD, but didn't know it at the time. The fact that it was undiagnosed sort of really had an impact on your life. You didn't even realize it. 
Definitely, just being in school and not being able to concentrate and just not understanding why until later on. Like, I wish I would have been diagnosed earlier. In her book, Paris writes that when she was 14 years old, a teacher developed a crush on her. He gave you compliments? Yes. You said he made you feel special? Yes. What kinds of things did he say? How mature I was, how beautiful I was, um, that other boys my age wouldn't understand. She says eventually she had an encounter with him that would haunt her to this day. Just started calling me almost every night. And um, Ben said, I would love to see you, and wanted me to sneak out and meet up with him. And you write, one night he comes over, mm-hmm. and you meet him out in his car. What happens? Once we got in the car, he kissed me. And then all of a sudden, there was headlights, and it was my parents. And then they started chasing our car. We had got, got away, and then I came back home and acted like it never happened. And you described the teacher as saying something like, why did you do this to me? Yes. Do you remember how that made you feel? As a young girl, I was very confused and hurt, and then for years felt guilt and shame when that shouldn't have been on me. I was just a child. You forthrightly write in the book, for 25 years, I framed this as my first kiss. But when you look back on it now, as a grown woman, what do you think of it as? I see it as a man grooming a child. For the next school year, her parents and three younger siblings moved from Los Angeles into the ritzy Waldorf Astoria Hotel in New York, while Paris was sent to live with her maternal grandmother in Palm Springs, California. (laughs) You write about feeling a little bit left behind, a little bit abandoned. What was that like? I missed them, and I wished that I could be there with them. While Paris was trying to get her bearings, she found herself in a vulnerable situation. My friend and I were at the mall, and we used to hang out with these two older guys who were in their early 20s. And they invited us back to their place one day to hang out and kept telling me to drink this um, wine cooler, which I didn't drink at this point, so I didn't want to, and then kind of pressured me into it, and he he put something in the drink because I was unconscious. She writes about waking up during a sexual assault in the book. I became aware of a crushing weight on me, suffocating me, cracking my ribs. I felt a jolt of panic and tried to get up, but the impulse was lost, as if something had severed my spinal cord. When I tried to scream, there was no air in my lungs. All that came out was a small, raspy stop. And you knew when you woke up that something happened? Yes. What do you think happened? Um, I've never talked about this out loud with anyone in an interview, so it's weird to talk about. Um, I don't know. 
I don't even know how to say it. I just feel weird talking about okay. it. I don't it's know. okay. Don't, don't. We don't have I to. I just hate that word. It was something I just never wanted to think about again. Why do you think it was so hard to share that? It was just something that I didn't tell anyone, so not even my family knew about it. It was just something that I was feeling shameful for and guilty about. A lot of people who hear the story of a 15-year-old girl being sexually assaulted or exploited automatically think, stupid girl. Our culture is so good at spinning it that way, we even say it to ourselves. For decades, every time that creepy mosquito voice whispered through my nightmares, I woke up thinking, stupid, stupid, stupid girl. How do you think those two incidents shaped the rest of your life? It made it difficult for me to trust others, other people, other adults, especially men, and definitely affected all my relationships because it, I had built such a wall around my heart and it was hard to let anyone in. Paris believes her traumatic experiences ultimately drew her into toxic relationships, including with a man 10 years her senior, Rick Solomon, which ultimately led to that notorious sex tape. It didn't even occur to me that you were 19, you were a teenager when that sex tape was made. What was the dynamic of that relationship like? I was obviously not in a good headspace, and I think I just met the worst person that I could meet. And yeah, that was just such a difficult point in my life to trust somebody and then to be exploited like that, where the media was so cruel to me. I was so just embarrassed and uh, hurt and mortified. Three years after it was filmed, the video was released and made its way around the world. If you didn't know Paris's name already, you did then. But when people saw that sex tape, they didn't say icon. They said slut. They said whore. This was really in the early days of the internet. During this era, it was still not common for everybody to have access at their fingertips. It was painful. I felt that like something had been taken away from me because that was just one night with someone I loved and trusted. And then just for the whole world to be judging me and assume that I'm something that I wasn't. And for the rest of my life, I'm gonna be judged upon that. It became fodder for tabloids and talk shows like Conan O'Brien. The biggest story of all that everyone's talking about, the Paris Hilton sex tape. Stand-up comics like Joan Rivers. <gasps> the shame, the shame of the Hilton family to have your daughter do a porno film in a Marriott hotel. It is... Paris tried to fight back on CNN. People assume, oh, she's a slut just because of one thing that happened to me. She was just one of the many celebrities embroiled in sex tape scandals at the time, like Pamela Anderson and Kim Kardashian. In what way should we look at that now differently, perhaps, than we did 20 years ago? These were private moments between people that weren't supposed to be seen. The media shouldn't be villainizing a woman for something that's supposed to be a private moment between her and someone. 
There were a lot of really nasty words that were used to describe these women. Never the men, by the way. But I do believe that we have evolved as a society. And now we're understanding that this was a huge violation of privacy and that we maybe shouldn't have labeled them with such terrible terms back in the day. Paris says the sex tape and her early sexual traumas had a lasting impact. But she hid it, instead leaning into a hypersexualized version of herself on full display in her hit song, Stars Are Blind. One of the things that took my breath away was when you said that perhaps I was asexual. <laughs> During a time when, you know, you were hypersexualized. Mm -hmm. How did that manifest for you? The trauma that I went through, it just made me scared of it. I just didn't, I don't know, it was just something that I didn't want to give myself because I didn't want to get hurt. The judgment didn't stop there. Sorry. On November 29th, 2006, the New York Post published what became one of its more infamous front pages. There we go. There we go. Thank you, Paris. The headline, Bimbo Summit, slapped across a photo of Paris, Lindsay Lohan, and Britney Spears. Three friends and three of the most bankable stars of their time. What was happening in real time in this moment? We were literally just leaving the Beverly Hills Hotel to go home. But that picture just went everywhere the next day and with that sort of headline. It was ridiculous. It was a slogan and a catchphrase that was known in pop culture history. Now you fast forward to 2023, that would never be printed. I do wonder if the New York Post knew at the time what she had endured as a teenager, would they have thought twice about putting that out there? Five months after that photo was taken, Paris was sentenced to 45 days behind bars after violating her probation for a DUI case. Once again, she was mocked, this time by comedian Sarah Silverman at the 2007 MTV Movie Awards, just days before Paris was set to start her sentence. In a couple of days, Paris Hilton is going to jail. I heard that to make her feel like more comfortable in prison, the guards are gonna paint the bars to look like penises. As we reframe how women like Paris were treated, I'm gonna talk about Paris Hilton. Uh, it's worth noting that all these years later, Silverman is among the few who've apologized publicly on her podcast. So here I am, 14 years later, telling you, Paris, that I am really sorry. I can't imagine what you were going through um, at that time. In what way do you think you're taking back the narrative on this? I feel that my narrative and story for the past two decades has been told by the media. And with this book, it's a chance for me to take back my own narrative and tell the truth. Paris says no one, not even her family, knew how deeply her teenage years scarred her and defined her life. She was the classic rebel in high school, staying out at late night raves, kicked out of multiple schools, and winding up as catnip for the paparazzi. I know that you and your parents were fighting a lot and they were trying to stop you from going out. You were constantly escaping. 
-hmm. your apartment, your home. What do you think you were running from? I think just escaping from traumatic experiences in my life and kind of just living this sort of fantasy life where I didn't have to think about anything bad. Her parents, Kathy and Rick, sent her to a so-called emotional growth school for troubled teens. It's what it's called. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. And what does it entail? Thousands of schools, wilderness camps. And these schools, a lot of them have no oversight or regulations, so people don't even know what's happening. The first was Sidhu, tucked in the mountains of Running Springs, California. She says she was taken against her will. I was sound asleep at about 4.30 in the morning when my bedroom door crashed open and someone tore the covers off me. A thick hand grabbed my ankle and dragged me off the mattress. I was instantly awake, hyper-awake, in the state of panic, shrieking, struggling. You had been warned that, like, you know, you're a Hilton, you could be kidnapped. So when the wilderness camp people came in the middle of the night, what was that experience like for you? It was terrifying. I had no idea who they were. I thought that I was being kidnapped. And this is how these places operate. It was there that she says she suffered shocking abuse. It was just a living nightmare. The people who work at these places were just evil. And it was terrifying. And going through emotional, physical, psychological, sexual abuse. And when Paris tried to escape, she describes being beaten as punishment. When the staff would hear that I was planning on running away, they would want to make an example out of me. So they would, in front of all the kids, strangle me, hit me. And they would do this a lot with the kids because they wanted everyone to know, if you try to escape, this is what's going to happen to you. After being sent from program to program, her final stop, Provo Canyon School in Utah. Provo Canyon School was the worst experience of my entire life. And it was just, I can't believe that place is even still open and that they're operating. What do you remember from Provo? Throwing us against walls, strangling, hitting. You talk about having a later a lingering fear of gynecologists because of some of the stuff that you endured. Mm-hmm. What, was, what was going on? Late at night, they would take certain girls into a room and do cervical exams with male and female staff. And it was not like something that was a, a doctor. Like These were just them doing this late at night to girls. Did that happen to you? Yes. Invasive searches and stuff? Yes. I think that was just another way for them to have that power over us. And also, I think that a lot of them enjoyed it. You say something like they would watch you showering. Yes, male and female staff would watch the girls shower. You escaped repeatedly from these facilities Mm -hmm. and you tried to call your mother, you reached out to people. What did you tell them? My parents thought that these were just normal boarding schools because these places have such deceptive marketing 
and they have these stock photos of children smiling with rainbows and riding horses. So my parents had no idea what was happening. And I think that's why these places have gotten away with it for so many years, because they have the perfect excuse of, oh, this is a troubled kid, they're lying to you, they're manipulating you. You give your parents a lot of um, grace because you could imagine that coming out of here, you'd be furious at your parents for sending you to a place like this. But you've really sort of reconciled that with them, it seems. Because I know it's not their fault. They had no idea. She says at one point she was placed in solitary confinement, something her mom, Kathy, says in the documentary she only recently learned about. She would say things to me after, like, I still have nightmares. I, I still in the middle of my night, I feel, you know, she would say that. And I always take what people say with a grain of salt. Like I think, yeah, it did bother her, but it was, it was our way of saving you. Did she tell you she was put into solitary? What do you mean solitary? What do you mean? Solitary confinement. Treating children like they're in a prison instead of a school. Are you serious? She's never told me that. In Utah? Yeah. Paris recently posted these photos to Instagram, showing her just after leaving those schools when she turned 18, writing, I can see the pain in my eyes. I was so traumatized that I pretended everything was okay, trying to block out the painful memories you kept having these recurring nightmares that you would dance till dawn to kind of try to forget, but the nightmares still came. I had them every single night since I was 16. The same nightmare of the people coming and taking me and then being locked up at this place. Sidhu shut down due to financial insolvency in 2005, in part due to a series of lawsuits, but Provo Canyon School in Utah is still operating. When ABC News reached out for comment on Paris Hilton's accusations, it replied with a media statement, which says in part, Provo Canyon School was sold by its previous ownership in August 2000. We therefore cannot comment on the operations or student experience prior to that time. It goes on to add, Provo Canyon School does not use solitary confinement as a form of intervention. We do not condone or promote any form of abuse. Before I went to Provo Canyon School, I was such a free spirit. They stole my childhood. We all did what we had to do to survive, and it left deep scars. I don't know who those kids were or if they'll ever hear this, but it wasn't their fault or mine, none of it. What would you tell young women today and, and that young Paris? I would tell her that you're going to go through a lot in life but one day, you're going to take everything that you've learned and use it for the power of good to help others. At 42 years old, she's living her life on her own terms. She still has the party girl in her, but it looks a little different. Today, she's one of the highest paid female DJs in the world. In the moment, what are you feeling? What's going through your body? Well, just being up on stage with hundreds of thousands of people screaming and dancing, it's such 
a magical feeling. I just feel empowered, I feel excited, and I feel safe up there as well. The self-described shy woman reinventing herself, now also as an advocate, finally unafraid to use her real voice. Hi, girls. Hey. How are you? Paris reunited with some of the women she attended Provo Canyon School with, reflecting in the documentary on what they went through. What are we writing next? Then you can put underneath the rough dates. Yeah. Our years and then gave me trust issues, fear of being controlled. What was it like meeting and then bonding with them in this way? It just made me feel like I wasn't alone anymore and that somebody truly understood like what I had went through. And what time does this go till? Today was such an impactful day. I'm so proud and so excited. I feel like we're really going to make some huge changes. Advocating at the U.S. Capitol for federal legislation to regulate those so-called troubled teen programs. Imagine if it was your child who was suffering abuse, neglect, or death in the name of treatment. Wouldn't you do everything in your power to protect them? Working to change laws across the country. Being here? Yes. And I hear you may have a bipartisan bill now, right? Yes. That's good. And testifying to Utah legislators. I am proof that money doesn't protect against abuse. It's been the most empowering time of my life, really turning my pain into a purpose and having this mission and I feel that it will make it all worth it, everything I went through, if I can stop it from happening to other children. The evolution of Paris Hilton continued when she married venture capitalist Carter Room in a lavish three-day ceremony in November of 2021. What do you think made you ready to find that love? I wasn't even looking at this point. Then meeting him, he kind of just, the walls just started coming down from my heart for the first time. The couple recently welcomed a baby boy, Phoenix Barron, via surrogate. I'm so happy. He's just such a precious angel. I'm so in love with him. And do you feel like in the same way that you were ready to meet your love, that you were ready to be a mom? Yes. I've never been more ready for anything in my life. What have you discovered about yourself in, in being a mom? Just a love that I've never experienced before. My heart just feels so full, and I just want to protect him. As she steps into this new role of motherhood, she reflects on her relationship with her own parents. How do you think that sort of heals so much of the pain that's, that's been part of your life for so long? Just creating my own family and a real life, because I've been kind of having to play this character and live this other life for so long and I feel like having a family and having children is what I've always been meant to do. After decades of those nightmares about her past, Paris says she no longer has them. What was that like when they went away? Amazing, just speaking about it and feel that when you tell your truth and let things go, it really will help heal you. 
And I'm so glad to hear that you're sleeping well. Except now you have a baby, so you can't sleep well again. <laughs> it's better to have the baby's cries than those type of nightmares. <laughs>